Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Welcome sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to episode five of the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about self-love and the self-love journey, and we have a very special guest joining us today. Her name is Melanie Monaco, and she's actually the course creator of a self-love coaching course that I'm currently taking. She's been an inspiration to me, and so we are very happy to invite her on uh, our show today. Um, But I won't go into too much detail. I'll let her tell you a little bit about herself and her own self-love journey. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. Um, so we're, so to have you. <laughs> we're very happy to have you. Um, so would you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, what led you to your self-love journey, anything that you're comfortable sh- sharing with us? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just start from, from the beginning of what led me to the, my self-love journey and, and then move forward from there. Uh, I first became immersed in self-love when I needed to go through my own healing process. I think that's often a lot of, of the journey of what brings folks to doing this work. Um, but I was struggling specifically with my relationship with my body for so many years. I, I was on my first diet when I was eight years old and, um, it just, snowballed into disordered eating and body dysmorphia and was so all consuming in so many areas of my life. And then one day a light bulb went off. Um, that was like, I, I can choose how I feel about my body. And I had seen the people around me, especially the older women in my community on diets forever. (laughs) And, um, I knew that I didn't want to live that way. So I decided that I would choose to love my body. But of course, that's so much easier said than done when you've spent, you know, a decade uh, hating your body. So I, I started with the way that I was speaking to myself. I moved forward into the way I was nourishing myself, how I was moving, uh, the types of choices I was making around self-care, 
um, really the thoughts that I was having. And I started gathering certifications uh, when I was 18. So I immersed myself into the yoga community, which was amazing. I did nutrition school and I studied psychology when I was in college. I did a bunch of energy healing certifications and all of these things I was gathering, not necessarily with the idea of making it a full-time career, but also just for my own benefit and transforming my relationship to myself. Uh, but then it ended up becoming <laughs> like the, the work that I do. Um, when I first started it as a coach, um, I thought that I was going to just help people with their habits specifically around nutrition was, was what I was interested in. And then the people that were coming to me were primarily women who struggled with their relationship to their body, big surprise. And so I ended up focusing on intuitive eating and uh, self-love. Um, and the more that I had people coming to me, the more I realized that um, I had a lot to offer because the results that people were getting were really amazing and, and it was profound. Um, so eventually my business grew <laughs> to, to a point where I was getting uh, consultation calls booked for my, my self-love coaching. And then people were asking, how do I do what you do? And I would give them the long list of all of the certifications that I did and all of the years it, it took and the you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. And one woman in particular, I remember asked, um, well, can you just mentor me? And a light bulb kind of went off then of like, oh, okay. So there aren't any self-love coach trainings out there. Like I really did have to organically come to it and um, parse through all of these different trainings to figure out what I needed and what would be helpful to my clients. And um, eventually I decided that I, I would just create that offering since people were asking for it. And since I created the self-love coach certification program, I've had hundreds of coaches go through the program, start their own businesses and in turn help, you know, hundreds and, and more of their clients uh, move through self-love. And I have coaches who not only focus in, in the body uh, relationship, but so many different areas, um, relationships with others, with self-forgiveness work, um, recovery from challenging life experiences. Um, you know, it's just a huge spectrum that these coaches bring to the table based on their own life experiences and their expertise. And so it just is, is so fulfilling to see this work being transmuted into all of these different capacities to help a wider range of people than I certainly ever could. So it's, um, really fulfilling. Uh, and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to be doing this work. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I love too, how, um, there's so many people that were asking how they, how, how they could access what you do and how they could teach it to other people as well. And I, I've heard of a lot of life coaches, but I haven't heard of a lot of self-love coaches. And I think that is such an important area that, you've kind of broke into because it's there's life coaching there's going out there's um becoming active in the world and connecting with those around you but I think it's so important that we connect with ourselves too and I think that as a self-love coach and teaching self-love that's where the core of um, everything else you do in life stems from so thank you for creating this course and I I think it's brilliant that you kind of 
you saw that need for it to be created, not just for yourself to help others, but for others to help others. It's, it's such a, um, um, like a ripple effect. And I think that's, that's such a great thing. Yeah. Thank you. It really, it's become so much bigger than I ever thought it would. Um, and I've had so many more people go through the program than I ever anticipated. And so clearly there, there wasn't a need because people were asking for, I wouldn't have come up with the idea myself. (laughs) It was like, it really did need to be asked of me. I, you know, I, I don't know if I was ever in a place where I was like, I am the expert and I am the person to teach people how to do this. <laughs> that was certainly not my mentality. Um, but clearly the the desire was there and, and people viewed me as, as somebody capable of guiding them. And so I felt like, well, if other people can trust me to guide them through this material. And I do know that my, my practices achieve results because of the work that I had done with my clients. Um, I felt like, who, who am I not to help people? Um, so it was that call. And, and the way that I've built my business really has been on what are, what's my community seeking? What are people asking of me? And how can I rise up to be of service in those ways? Wow. Yeah, so def- I think you've definitely found, like you said, you're calling your vocation and you are helping a lot of people, which is so beautiful. <laughs> so oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about self-love, self-love coaching, and Nicole and I have mentioned it in um, some of our other episodes as well. But as and I'm going to call you the expert, you're my expert, you're my, my self-love guru. Um, can you explain to us and our listeners what exactly self-love is? such a good question and I actually I've gotten asked this before and it's a different thing to each person I will say that overall the general theme that I see among people who are on a self-love journey is self-love is a practice that people choose to take in order to find peace with themselves and to achieve uh, the manifestations that they want to create in their life. It's this partnership of finding acceptance with who you are, finding peace with who you are, where you're at right now, while also loving yourself enough to continue to grow and taking that self-responsibility that's needed to become a more authentic, fulfilled version of yourself um, in all of the different areas of your life. And so how that manifests for each individual is going to be unique to them and what authenticity means to them and uh, what they need to move through in terms of finding peace and acceptance in their own life and their own lived experiences. Uh, But I will say it's that, that partnership, um, acceptance of who we are now, responsibility of growth. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I I think there, there definitely does have to be um, acceptance of who you are is so important. So then you can be authentically who you're meant to be and, and growth is so important. Stepping into that growth and growth is often scary. Yeah. 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 Well, and what I see, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like, sometimes, uh, life will present us with opportunities for growth that can be quite, uh, challenging. (laughs) And so how we respond to those, uh, opportunities for growth is key. And when we respond with self-love, uh, that is where I think the real 
amazing transformation happens, even when it's challenging, um, self-love work often is challenging, but, um, it's so worth it in the end through the meaning and the purpose and the peace that we find. So you mentioned that like self-love is like a series of like practices that you do every day. So what are some simple ways that you can practice self-love? Like, do you have any examples of that? Well, I will say that the foundation of the work that I do, I call the self-love roadmap, uh, which Christina is familiar with. And I think this is the perfect place for people to start. Uh, The five steps of the roadmap are self-forgiveness, self-acceptance, self-gratitude, self-care, and self-trust. I developed this roadmap after I'd already been coaching for a while and um, I actually was teaching a workshop on self-love when I developed the roadmap because I wanted to look at all of my different clients and then my own life and see if there was a through line to the steps that were needed in order to get to that uh, point of really feeling self-love. And I realized, okay, so self-love is a practice. It's something that we choose to practice again and again. It's not necessarily going to be an end result. It's like, once you choose to love yourself, you're already practicing self-love. Even if you don't wake up feeling like an incredible goddess or, you know, like, uh, like the best version of who you are. Um, once you choose to practice self-love, you're already in it. But what that looks like and moving through the journey, I do think it has to start with forgiveness. Um, forgiving yourself for being imperfect is often where a lot of people start forgiving yourself of past choices you've made. And that also includes forgiving others in order to release yourself of resentments. Um, and then to move into self-acceptance, it naturally comes because once you're able to forgive people, you can accept that things happened the way they did. Once you're able to forgive yourself, you can accept that you are the way you are. Um, And that acceptance, radical self-acceptance frees you up to a state where you're able to start seeing the positivity a little bit more. You're able to tap into self-gratitude. And once you're grateful, what you're grateful for, you care for, right? What you're grateful for, you you show up for in a different way. So self-care would be the next step. And that is that tangible, actionable, uh, the things that you do in your daily life. So your movement, your nutrition, uh, your spiritual practices, if that's aligned for you, um, how you show up in your home environment, your relationships, like the actual um, actions that you take, self-care. And then once you prove to yourself that you're worthy of taking care of yourself, that you can show up with self-care and self-responsibility, self-trust is what develops. So that's the fifth step. Self-trust, meaning that you trust that you can rise up to any occasion that presents itself in your life. You trust yourself to return to self-love again and again, even when there are setbacks, you trust your abilities to um, move through obstacles with grace, to learn from, from the pain, to find purpose in pain. Um, you trust, you trust who you are. You trust that you're able to live in your authenticity and that you'll get to where you want to go. And it's a cycle really. I mean, it's something that I continue to practice. The self-love roadmap is key. There are experiences in my life right now where I'm right at the beginning of it again. And then there are experiences where, you know, I've gotten to the end and I'm like, okay, I'm good here for now. 
But um, I do think that is a really practical way to approach self-love. And so if you're somebody who's listening to this and you're starting on your self-love journey, try forgiving yourself, right? A a letter of forgiveness to your past self is something that I I think is a really powerful uh, practice. Mm -hmm. I found, oh, sorry, go ahead, Nicole. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I love that you like have mentioned authenticity a few times because like. Personally speaking, that was like my word of 2021, um, mm-hmm. having started yoga teacher training at the beginning of the year. Um, like it was very much um, stressed to be like authentically yourself because that's going to help you like lead your classes and like that's what's going to shine through through your, through your classes. So that was very much my word of the year. Um, and it like really started with me, like getting to my roots, like who, who am I authentically when I'm not concerned about the outside world? I'm not concerned about like what other people are thinking of. And I really had to learn how to love myself. And like you had mentioned forgiveness and I had to first learn to forgive myself for not loving myself for so long. Mm. And that really started my journey of being authentically me yeah I love that I would agree with a lot of that too and I love Melanie that you've broken it down into um the five steps and it's so important to move through those steps and like you've had us move through the steps in the program and um relating it back to um you know how important it is to move through those steps with clients and I think oftentimes um in embarking on a self-love journey, it, because it is so tough, I think sometimes individuals want like a quick, quick uh, solution to whatever it is that they're, they're struggling with. And it really is important to kind of move through that process. And um, yes, the last thing that you mentioned was self-forgiveness. And that was one of the things I think was probably the toughest when I was on my journey, just forgiving, forgiving myself um, because you are your toughest critic. For sure. Yeah, that can be really difficult. So yeah, I love that. I love the, um, I love the five steps. Um, so obviously like you had created these five steps, um, they were core to your own self-love journey. Um, what are some things that you regularly practice as a part of your own self-love routine that kind of keeps you, um, in the framework and keeps you authentically you? Uh, yeah, I I think that it's really important uh, to come up with ways that bring you back to yourself and and keep you grounded. The ways that I do that, I find meditation is really important for me. Um, and I don't do anything fancy. Like if if any of you um, follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I have over a hundred meditations, guided meditations on there, um, and what I love to do are visualizations and bringing in some energy healing work. And they're very simple. Um, there's, I don't sit in silence for 30 minutes or an hour a day, like some, uh, meditation 
masters would do. Um, but I, I find that the benefits for me are often including my senses and bringing it into an embodiment practice, like really bringing my body, calming my nervous system down. Um, but you know, my meditations I usually do are like five, 10, 15 minutes. And, and that's enough for me. Um, because I try to also bring meditation into other things that I do one of the self-care practices, uh, that I found to be so beneficial really in the last like year or two, I'll say has been, um, being in the kitchen and creating the food that I'm, I'm eating. And I've always really enjoyed cooking and baking, but it's really expanded. Um, and I've gotten really into baking bread, like a lot of other people did (laughs) in 2020, but, um, it's, it's just such a nourishing experience. And there's something about working with your hands um, and then like allowing yourself to nourish yourself with that, that I found to be really beneficial for me. Um, I also, movement is so critical for, for me, uh, whether it's yoga or, you know, like uh, just a regular workout or, or dancing or walking movement definitely shifts things within me. Um, I will say like, those are pretty much the three practices that I, I fall back on, um, these days, making sure that I'm, you know, getting enough sleep, which I'm a new mom. So <laughs> that's that. not going to happen. Well, you know, my husband and I, um, cause we both work from home. It, it does actually work out. We've been really lucky where my son, uh, is able to switch between breastfeeding and bottle feeding, which not all babies do, but he's totally fine with it. So my husband will stay up later with him. So I get some uninterrupted sleep and then I wake up early while my husband gets some uninterrupted sleep. So we, we take shifts, um, which has been a huge game changer and that's not something all parents have the ability to do, but I'm super, super grateful that we can. So yeah, I, I generally do get, get some decent sleep. It's not like before I was a mom, (laughs) but, but, um, it's at least enough for me to feel like I'm functioning, but that's also very key, uh, to self-care. And, um, I think during the warmer months, the the other thing I'll say it's snow on the ground right now here in Maine, but, um, in the warmer months, I love getting outside and I've fallen in love with gardening in the past couple of years. That's been a huge nourishing activity for me. Uh, but that's what it, you know, that goes to say like things change. What used to be nourishing to me when I lived in New York city, uh, is, is different now that I live in a farmhouse in Maine. (laughs) So, and like different in, in terms of the season of my life I'm in. Uh, self-care looked really different when I was in my early twenties living in the city versus now being a mom in a country house. (laughs) So, um, it's okay to evolve with your self-care, um, and self-care looks different for everyone, but those are the practices that I've found to be really nourishing recently. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know, um, meditation has been something that's really helped me and Nicole, I'm, I'm going to, assume yes you as well yes definitely <laughs> it's really good it's it's I don't know and like you said sometimes just like that five minutes I find that if I meditate at night it turns into an hour of meditation and an hour of journaling but I come out of that feeling completely recharged reset relaxed it's it that's something that's definitely central um to to my routine I would say anyways um would you 
say that, or have you had any roadblocks when it comes to um, self-love, self-care, your journey, and how did you kind of remedy those, or how do you continue to to keep striving forward in your growth? Ooh, but I'll be very vulnerable right now and share the roadblock I'm currently working through. So um, I gave birth almost four months ago and I had planned for a home birth um, with a midwife and actually multiple midwives and um, my husband and we had the birth tub and I did so much research on the physiological aspects of birth. I did the hypnobirthing course. I, you know, I listened to the podcast. I read the books. I really educated myself and I like printed out a whole birth plan and like tools I wanted to use during labor and had my hospital bag packed and had the birth plan for the hospital. So I was like super prepared. Like everyone I talked to my naturopath, my midwives, our son's pediatrician, like everyone was like, you are so prepared. Um, and of course, uh, things did not go according to plan. I will say what went according to plan was having a beautiful, healthy baby. And that's the most important thing. But, um, I labored at home, uh, for over 60 hours. And if you're not aware, uh, the average labor for first time moms is less than 24 hours. So we're already like (laughs) way past that point. Um, I had back labor, which is, uh, basically you're, you're having the contraction. So your uterus is contracting down, pushing the baby out. It's these huge muscular movements that are happening in my body for whatever reason. Uh, it was strange because usually back labor happens in response to the baby's position, but my baby was positioned apparently fine, but I was having back spasms. So I would have this contraction halfway through the contraction. My whole back would seize up. If you've ever had a back spasm, like you'll know how painful that was. And my back spasms were like more painful than a contraction. So you've heard how hard contractions can be for women when they talk about the pain of childbirth. This was like even worse than contractions. And I'm laughing, uh, because it, it was so painful and it's like ridiculous how intense it was, um, unexpectedly for me. So there I was 60 plus hours in my midwives at a certain point were like, you've been dilated for 12 hours, which is an insane amount of time to be fully dilated without the baby actually coming out. Um, and they were like, let's, let's push the baby out. And I would, I was trying and my back was seizing up. So as I was relaxing and he was descending, then my body would like seize. So it was a literal push and pull situation at a certain point, my midwife was like, it's, it's time to, to go to the hospital to get some support there, which was like my worst fear because hospital birth is something that I'd really pictured in my mind of like, you know, I'm not going to be respected in the way that I want to be. I'm not going to be in my safe place, which is my home. I'm not gonna have my essential oils. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to be in the tub. Like I really, this whole plan, even though I prepared for a hospital birth, um, in the, in the backup, and so we did go to the hospital and, and what I had feared happening did happen where my plan wasn't really honored. Like this whole plan I printed out just stayed in my bag, like wasn't even looked at by the, by the nurses. And, um, I will say though, once I got an epidural and the back spasms softened, he came right out. Uh, so that, that pain relief was really, uh, integral to, to making sure that that baby was born. But what's So to share that long story, what's really hard is that I'm now grappling with this um, 
situation where I prepared so heavily for something and it did not go according to plan. So I'm sure some of you, um, I'm sure everyone can relate to that kind of thing where it's like, I've prepared, I've envisioned it. I'm going to manifest it. And oh my gosh, it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to. Um, and for me, this is now a reckoning of really releasing control and surrendering and finding meaning in something, um, and, and dealing with like the trauma of a really physically demanding and painful experience. Like I went for days without food, water, or sleep, um, while I was having this intense muscular experience and, um, it's tough, but what I found to be really helpful is returning to the roadmap. So I'm in self-forgiveness right now. Like I, I started my day with a self-forgiveness meditation and cried. Um, and that's okay because I've already gone through the roadmap before with other situations. I have that self-trust that I will get through this. Um, even though it feels really raw and vulnerable, even four months later, um, you know, and, and the outcome was, obviously what I wanted with the healthy baby, it just happened in a different way than I wanted it. And that is really hard for me. Um, so I'm in process, but that self-trust is key. So once you're able to establish self-trust in any area, it does move to, to the other areas of your life. So I will say like how to practice self-love in a roadblock practice that self-trust, return to that roadmap, uh, practice self-forgiveness. And that that's what I'm currently doing. And um, it's certainly a process, but it is, I know with time going to get better because I've gone through things before and, and I'll get through things again. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, Melanie. I think we, I mean, I appreciate it and Nicole appreciates and the listeners appreciate you being so vulnerable. Um, I'm sorry that it was 60 hours. It sounds like a very long time. I've never given birth before, but I could just imagine, um, how difficult that would have been. And, um, yeah, the, the having a plan as well, and then having it not go according to plan, but sometimes that's just the universe for us and, and the universe has other plans and I'm sure. And as you've explained, you've learned so much from it and, and you've got your, your roadmap to kind of get you through um, the process, which I think having, having that roadmap and those skills, I, I think I, I agree, but I think for me, like knowing that you have the skills to get through any situation is very um, reassuring that you know what you need to do to get through the other side. It's just the tough work of actually going through it. But regardless of what life throws at you, once you're equipped, you're kind of able to to follow through with that so thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. and yeah. I think baby boy he's so cute oh yeah he's adorable <laughs> he's perfect he's so so sweet um so we Nicole and I have mentioned our own um self-love journeys um in prior episodes but Nicole do you do you have any specific roadblocks on yours or do you um, on yours? Uh, well, like I had mentioned, my self-love journey really started beginning of last year. And it, it kind of started as a, like a 
physical journey um, and like learning how capable and intelligent our bodies are. It kind of like made me realize like, why am I being so hard on myself when, when I am actually like physically capable of so many things? Like my body is so intelligent, um, like inherently and like, why am I not treating myself in a way that's respectful, like mentally? Um, so that's kind of like where it began as well as being authentically myself. And like, I struggled with it for so long and I meditated on it and I really meditated on it for like months. I meditated on my root chakra. Um, I journaled, I cried it out. And finally, I feel like I'm in a place where I can say I love myself. And it also came from a place of like necessity, having gone through struggles the last few years and not having people show up for me the way that I needed them to or the way that I wanted them to. It made me realize that I first and foremost need to be the one that loves myself because I'm the only one that's gonna show up for myself. So that really laid the foundation for me. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> what about yours, Christina? <laughs> um, roadblock on the self-love journey. I think a lot of it was, um, I think that forgiveness aspect, I think Melanie, similar to yours, life didn't turn out, I had everything planned, everything had been going to plan. And then, um, all of a sudden one day everything just fell apart and I couldn't understand why because I was so well prepared and um I had done everything right and everything I was supposed to and then it all just kind of came crumbling down um and having to forgive myself for not trusting myself having to forgive myself for um you know allowing myself to be in certain situations where um I wasn't being respected and allowing myself to be treated in certain ways and um yeah that was probably the big roadblock was forgiving myself and not being so hard on myself and it did take a lot of like you a lot of meditation a lot of uh journaling a lot of a lot of self-reflection um and learning to be gentle with myself and kind of just accepting that like believing and accepting that everything happens for a reason because I do truly believe that it does and I've said before I wouldn't be here if if things hadn't happened the way they had you know a year and a half two years ago so I am grateful for that but yes there were still definitely um a lot of struggles a lot of tears a lot of lonely lonely cries lonely ugly cries but yeah you you do get through it with with that um and I think so far, uh, working my way through that has been well worth it. Um, and I, I don't think there's ever an end when it comes to your self-love journey. I think it's, it's constant and it's a process, but, um, I think the end of one chapter has happened and I'm excited to see kind of where, where the other one's taking me. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love definitely that. come away. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> So Melanie, so, you've talked um, a lot about the program. Um, so can you just describe 
what your coaching program is, like maybe what's the length of the program? Um, what are some of the topics that you cover? Yeah. So the program uh, to become a certified self-love coach is seven months long. And we start with the, your relationship to you. I really believe that like to be an effective coach or leader, um, you need to be practicing what you preach. And all of us at any point in our journeys can benefit from starting over in a place of like taking inventory and seeing where are some areas where I can pay attention to and heal and grow. Um, so we start with the self-love roadmap. Obviously we do introductions to meditation, mindset, transformation, manifestation, money, relationships, uh, so much more. We go into, uh, the relationship we have with our bodies, intuitive eating, uh, and then we bring in business building because of course, if you're becoming a certified self-love coach, often those who go through the program want to build a business doing that work. So we have half of the program is focused on business building. We talk about movement. We talk about hormone health. Um, we talk about energy healing and spirituality, archetypal psychology, shadow work, uh, and so much more. It really covers such a diverse and vast amount of topics in order to give the participants an opportunity to see what really calls to them, uh, both personally and professionally, and to be able to offer a wide range of tools to a diverse group of clients or whoever you're, you're working with or however you're sharing your knowledge. So it's really um, all-encompassing in terms of what I believe uh, is needed in order to become a self-love coach. Oh, it really sounds like a, a very, um, structured program. Like it's all encompassing. Like you said, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I put a lot of <laughs> thought into it and I really looked at, you know, my own journey and I was like, okay, so from a personal level, what would have been helpful to me? And from a professional level, what's the step-by-step -step to getting there? Um, and it, there's so much support. We have both group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching built into the program. And so I think that also provides so much value in terms of what you receive yeah, definitely. I think there's a, I think, I think in taking any, um, uh, going through any, uh, certification program like this, it a hundred percent is such an investment in yourself. Um, but what are some of the benefits? Cause some people might say, oh, I mean, you know, I can, I can go and, and tell someone about my, my healing journey. I don't need to take, um, uh, to access a program to do that, which, I, I believe I've already learned so much from your program. Um, but what are some of the benefits to taking a program like yours? Yeah, well, I mean, anybody could go to the school of Google and learn whatever you want. Everything's on the internet, right? Like, or you can buy a book and, and you know, 
I don't know if this exists, but you could maybe get self-love for dummies <laughs> or like, you know, you can, you can DIY whatever you want. I firmly believe that like, if you have the, like I did this with gardening, I've never been to a professional gardening school, but like I learned everything I could about gardening and I had a really successful garden this past year. I'm still, I'm still eating like the dozens of pumpkins that I, I grew. Uh, with that being said, um, I do think the value of going through a structured course is that you're making sure that you're checking all of the boxes that need to be checked. And some of the boxes, you might not even know they exist, right? So it's somebody basically saying like, okay, so you're interested in self-love and, and somebody who's new to this might be like, okay, so I should learn about like self-compassion. I should learn about uh, journaling. I should learn about you know, the ways that, uh, self-care can be implemented, but you might not know that for some people, the best route to self-love is going to be through their bodies. So you might not know to research, uh, energy healing and EFT tapping and, um, you know, movement, you might not know like that archetypal and psychology and shadow work even exists. Like you might not know the boxes that need to be checked in building a business. You might think, oh, I'll start an Instagram, but what are the actual ways that you magnetize clients to even follow your Instagram? (laughs) And like, who are you even (laughs) seeking? You know, so I will say that, um, when you go through a program, you're learning from people, ideally, theoretically, at least in this case, who have been in your shoes, who've done it the hard way, and then are giving you a step-by-step to make it a lot easier and faster. Um, and that you, you are going to learn things that you didn't even know existed in the first place. Um, the other part of that is the accountability. Anybody can, can decide, okay, I'm going to start this new endeavor, but whether or not you stick with it is a whole other story. And so when you have somebody helping you, coaching you through that, they're coaching you through the setbacks, through the fears that might be getting in the way of you actually showing up to create this reality. And, um, what I've seen to be really impactful is anything that hasn't manifested in my business in the way that I want it to really has just been a reflection of my personal comfort level. So it's like, when I first started my business, I was, you know, afraid to go live. And I was afraid to tell people what I was doing. I was worried about judgment. And by virtue of that, you know, the message wasn't really getting out to that many people. But once I did the inner work of not being afraid of judgment, of being okay to be seen, then I was able to actually take the actions that needed to be taken in order to grow my business. So when you have somebody coaching you, um, they're able to kind of shine a light on those blind spots as to why you might not want to be taking action in those areas uh, so that you're able to do that inner work, that inner healing to provide you with the ability to show up in the way that you need to. The accountability is key uh, when it comes to doing either personal work or professional work. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something we can understand is the accountability. Like it's so scary to dive into a project and like, especially like Christina and I right now, um, taking on this podcast, like we're both accountable to each other and it's helping us so much. Like we're just pushing each other 
So that account, yeah. that accountability is key for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that gentle accountability too, where, especially with the self-love work, um, different than accountability that I had way back when I was like in immersed in diet culture, uh, where it's like, you know, this idea of you're bad, if you're not doing X, Y, or Z, or something's wrong with you, if you're not doing this, this exact way with self-love coaching, that's not the way it's approached at all. It's like, okay, so what do you want to be doing? What needs to happen in order for you to get there? What might be getting in your way and no judgment around it, right? It's like an exploration, this curiosity of how can we remove those blocks and weed through whatever is holding you back so that you can expand into the areas that, that are calling you. For sure. So how can people access your program? You can find me on Instagram at the self-love lifestyle. You can go to my website, um, which is live.theselflovelifestyle.com. But I feel like Instagram is a really great place to connect because all of my links are there and I hang out there a lot. Um, I create a lot of content that can be, I think, really useful. As I said, I have like over a hundred meditations on there um, that are guided rituals with card readings and inspirational conversation as well. So um, I really love hanging out with people there, but you can also just go to my website. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. I will definitely put that in. Oh, <laughs> I think we're about to say the same thing. Um, we're definitely going to put that information in our show notes as well. So if people would like to access Uh, access you on Instagram or access the program for themselves, then we'll be able to do that. Um, Just before uh, we wrap up here, do you have any final words of advice for someone who's just starting off on their self-love journey? Have patience with yourself, have grace with yourself, be humble enough to ask for help when you need it. And knowing that asking for help is actually a sign of self-love. So whether that's working with a coach or a therapist or talking to a friend about what you're going through, I think it's so important that, um, that's, I mean, for me, I remember like what got in the way of my business building or my self-love journey or whatever I've wanted to manifest um, has really been a, a fear of asking for help and feeling like unworthy of having people help me or feeling like I'm a burden. And so if that is something that you felt, I would say, allow yourself to open up to people, allow yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to seek support. Um, the other, if that's not you, if you're like already ready to seek support, but you're still kind of looking for, for a place to start, um, be really conscious of the way that you're talking to yourself, be conscious of the thoughts that you're having in your mind about what you're thinking about yourself. And if you are noticing any derogatory, uh, thoughts or ways that you're speaking about yourself, find ways to replace those thoughts, find ways to challenge those thoughts so that you're starting to change the way that you are creating an internal internal dialogue because your thoughts create your actions and your actions create your life. So starting with your mind is a very important and helpful place to start. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's some great awesome. advice. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast with us today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. And um, I do hope that 
this has been helpful for, for some folks listening. Oh, definitely. I think there's a lot of good stuff. Great. Awesome. We'll include all of your information in the show notes so that people can find you easily. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for coming again. Thank you. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you. So please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.